Today's reading is taken from Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the fields grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Darren. Let's pray. From whence cometh our help? It cometh from the Lord. And Father, we do ask that you would be with us this morning opening our eyes again to the truth of your word and the hope of the gospel. In your name we ask. Amen. Well, I appreciate as I stand here, there are many things that you hope for. Not all of them you're going to (laughs) get. But we'll see. Hope is an interesting word. And I'm going to uh, try and share with you this morning uh, three words beginning with F, and I will introduce it with another one beginning with F. I was slightly fearful of saying I have a four-letter word called F, but, <laughs> but, but there are four words with beginning in F. Uh, and the first one is my father. This is my introductory uh, word. Uh, because I was talking to my father uh, during the week on the telephone, and uh, as men do, in fact people do, as they're approaching their 90th birthday, uh, they tend to reminisce, and, and that's absolutely delightful. Um, but in his reminiscing, you could almost sense the world drawing in on him. You could sense the world getting smaller and smaller, and the walls of his room closing around him. Uh, we were having a uh, a prayer meeting actually at, at our office during the week and uh, they asked what I wanted to pray for and I said well actually I'm speaking on Sunday so <laughs> any help would be grateful um, uh, so uh, and, and I, I explained what we, were, what, we were, what we were doing and one of them gave me uh, a little illustration he emailed it to me uh, later in the day and it's this because I had shared with him some of my feelings about my father. And uh, the, the 
section that he sent me was his reading for that particular day on Wednesday. And because when we're born, we start to grow. As we grow, we crawl. Then we toddle. Then we walk. Then we run. Then we ride a bicycle. Then we drive a car. Then we fly in an aeroplane. And our world gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Until we reach a point, and this is not time-dependent, it's not age-dependent, when we say, that's scary, I, I can't do that. I can't go skiing, that's way too fast. I can't do that roller coaster, I would be witless. I, I can't walk to the end of the road, I don't think my leg will take me that far. I, I don't really want to stand at the sink for that long, I, I, I don't think I can do that. And our world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. As we worry more and more. We don't like going outside our comfort zone. And I'm not, I use that simply as an illustration. There are all sorts of reasons. Uh, Agrophobia being one of them. The fear of open spaces. Why we can't uh, engage in some parts of, of life. I appreciate that. But the point of the illustration is, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? Where do you place your hope? You see, we tend to think of worry as almost a bit of a positive thing because it stops us doing the really stupid things that I would have done otherwise. Actually, it doesn't. I still do those. Uh, But but sometimes we think of worry as positive. Uh, Actually, it isn't. Verse 27 says... How much can worry add to your wife, add your life? We worry, we stop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was just a slip of the tongue, that one. I don't see that in my notes anyway. No, I will read verse 27 just to make sure. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Phew! No one, not an hour, can we add. But we worry because we're concerned. Concern, yes, good. Actually, worry causes stress, which will shorten your life, not lengthen it. It's interesting that this passage follows a whole series of Jesus' teaching about how his world is different from the world that we live in. When you give, he says, do it in secret so that no one will know. Why? When you pray, do it where people will not see you. When you fast, don't make it obvious. Don't store up earthly treasures and put your trust in them because they're going to pass away. You cannot serve both God and money. And then we reach this point. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Really? Is he being serious? Does he not know that you need money for these things? I'm going to starve if I don't have food. I'm going to look odd if I go out of here with no clothes on. Does he not know? Our society is not very different from that of Jesus' time. There were traders, there were rich people, there were poor people. Money had to be earned before the master returned. If you remember the parable of the tenants, he understood. 
Taxes had to be paid by the end of January. You've got six days left. Remember that. Free advice for you. So if he knew the importance of money and clothing, what does he mean when he says, don't worry? When he gives that example in verse 26, it seems extraordinary, doesn't it? The birds of the air, the grass of the field grows without anything that we do to help them. Surely he doesn't mean we don't need to do anything. We don't need to work, we don't need to buy food. I find it very interesting, actually, he picks the basics of life. This is not extreme living. This is basic. To eat. To earn. To clothe ourselves. So this is about fear. That's my next F, fear. Our worries. Now, I stand in a very privileged position. So... Uh, some of you may think well, it's easy for him to say and indeed it, it is I have a good job I have a nice house a family a lovely wife I have my health other than my left foot but I read this in the Bible and therefore I want to share it with you because I do have feelings of selfishness I do want more because the world tells me that that's a good goal to have to be the best, to be the richest, the top of the tree. And so I worry. Uh, Worry first came to me um, after my, I'd like to say GCSEs, but they were O-levels when I did them. Um, uh, I'd finished my uh, O-levels, and as a family, we all went straight off to Italy. (coughs) Within three days, uh, I was eating food through a straw, because I couldn't eat in any other way. I had, I, I will say 32, but it, I think it was more, ulcers under my tongue. Other than those I had in the rest of my mouth, on the roof of my mouth, I just couldn't eat anything. My mouth was an ulcer. Because I was, uh, extraordinarily, I was so worried. I was so deep down anxious about how I would do. Probably because I was rather dim. And I knew, <laughs> I knew actually how I was going to do But that to me was a side of my body just reacting because actually I was so worried. And we do worry. We do get frustrated. I mean, what are you like in a traffic jam? You love it? Or do you get frustrated? What about the queue in the supermarket? It's one of Murphy's laws that the supermarket queue next to you is always going to go quicker than the one you're standing in. And in the traffic jam, the following lane that you've just left will suddenly do a shooting start and go down. Perhaps we should remember that we are in the queue because there has been an accident and we were not in it. Or will you jump lanes because you're actually you're frustrated and then you're more likely to have the accident yourself as well. Why do we worry? Because we want the best for ourselves, for our children. And we have these fears. And we want to be free from those fears. But sadly, worry is a burden all on its own. Perhaps it's something that we've done that we worry about. And then we lie and we cheat to pretend that actually we haven't done it at all. 
We make things up. We pretend it didn't really happen. We feel the guilt, the shame. We don't sleep. We feel sick and hollow inside. All of those things. I'm sure we all recognise those symptoms. When we worry. And then in the midst of it, right in the midst of it, we hear the words of God. Do not worry. Tomorrow has enough worry of its own. That's not to plough on regardless. To have concern, we've already said, is positive. But worry clouds our judgment. So how can we be free? Because God says, in verse 33, uh, God says that to have real freedom and release is to give ourselves to him, seek first his kingdom. And then all those other things will be given to us as a byproduct. Because if we seek his kingdom, we're putting our trust in him. We put the rest of our life in context. We give, literally give our worrying to someone else. And that brings us then to the fourth F. We move from fear through, uh, from fear to freedom through faith. Do we know how much we're worth to God. This is about getting out of that box that we've just trapped ourselves in to make our world bigger again. That we can do something in God's strength that we could never do in our own. I heard uh, at our prayer group, actually, we prayed for one of the the chaps there who's just had a baby uh, and he's had a really struggling week. Uh, that was on the Wednesday. On the Tuesday evening at, at home group, we, we prayed for someone as well who was really struggling uh, in their work. Uh, and interestingly, on Friday morning, I had an email from a colleague at work saying, thank the Lord for our prayer group. I've had two nights of utter bliss and two days of joy. Uh, and last night I saw the person uh, from the home group as well who said, it's been fantastic. My, my working life has changed this week. By putting our worries into the hands of God, we can stand back and trust that he has our life in control. Do we think that God gave his life for us so that he would ignore us in our daily life? Of course not. Why give so much then to abandon us? He wouldn't. That doesn't make sense. The God who gave everything gives that we might understand his will and experience his power day by day. A walk where our hand is being held through the tough times and the good. That image of a of a small child who doesn't know where to go, doesn't know where to walk, is slightly unsteady on their feet, what do you do? You hold out your hand and you hold it. And God says to us, I want to walk with you day by day, holding your hand. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians. 
I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That is Paul's hope. That is our hope, that we walk day by day with our hand in the hand of God. I'll end with two things. Firstly, my father, who is beginning to realise that his world is getting smaller and smaller. And he's standing at the frontier of a whole new world. And he doesn't know the person that's going to meet him on the other side. Do we? Do we stand at the frontier of a new world and know the person who will meet us on the other side? That is to have hope. That is to have understanding. That is to have a future. That is to have a purpose that we know where we're going. Because God waits and says, come to me, my child. I love you. So will we, day by day, reach out our hand and put it in the hand of God? Will we look to walk holding God's hand day by day? Because that is to give your worry and turn it into hope. Because he in whom we hope is God himself in whom we can rely. Rather than pray at the end, I thought we'd just sit in uh, quiet and we're going to listen to a song. Those uh, at New Wine will know it. Um, And I'm uh, trusting that we've got it at the desk. So if we just sit and listen. But this is a prayer, but it sums up all that I want to say.
Jesus, you are my rock. Sometimes it's that conscious decision to reach out and to take God's hand. We, we know the verses. We know who Jesus is in our lives. And yet sometimes it's just so hard to, to reach out in the middle of the night when all the worries come flooding in. You can't see the wood for the trees. And it's that conscious reaching out and not even necessarily feeling the whole of God's hand, but reaching out and just grasping onto the tips of his fingers and saying, Lord, even though I'm struggling, even though these worries are real and genuine, I'm going to choose to take your hand. Because life might actually not 
necessarily change, but we can walk through life with God. That conscious choice to reach out, to take his hand, and to know his strength, to know his power, to know his love with us, whatever is going on.